welcome everyone to the next episode of A Game at Dinner. I believe it is 06. That is the number of the episode. 06, episode 7? Yeah. <laughs> Today we'll, we will be talking about the Daedric gods, which I think are some of the coolest uh, fictional gods created um, in pretty much all of D&D and fantasy, I think. I mean, I, I, pretty, I count Morrowind as a D&D game, so... Which one should we talk about first? Firstly, I think it's important that the listener know what we're drinking right now. Oh, okay. Let him have it. All right, it is a Pyramid Outburst Imperial IPA Dry Hopped India Pale Ale. It's uh, amazing because it's only like two bucks and it has eight and a half percent alcohol by volume. So if you want to know what keeps us going while recording a game at dinner... You get yourself it's alcohol. A- <laughs> <laughs> oh. Get yourself a Pyramid Outburst IPA. They're amazing. I love them. Alright. <coughs> well, <coughs> talking about Daedric Princes, of course. And princesses. Nope, they're genderless. Okay. What's Azura then? What the hell? She's genderless. But she manifests herself primarily as a female. Okay. So they're all genderless. That's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. But they just decide to take the form of... Yeah, Daedric princes um, are the most powerful of the Daedra, worshipped by mortals as deities. Mm-hmm. Um, they can manifest either as male or female, but in reality are genderless. That's why they are typically referred to as the Daedric Princes. Okay. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you're right, Azura does, like, generally represent... Yeah, and her voice is female, and everything about her is very is female. Her sphere is dusk and dawn, the magic in between the realms of twilight. That's a lot of magic. Kind of reminds me of uh, Mistra from Baldur's Gate. Or that D&D realm. I don't know a lot of the... Mistra. Mistra's like the... She's like the goddess of all magic. Like, everything that is magic is done through Mistra. Yeah. It's like all mages, no matter if you're a necromancer or an invoker or whatever, you go through Mistra. And that's why Elminster's so powerful is because he's Mistra's chosen. So, like... She's like, you're my right-hand guy, and then he's just OP as fuck. Level 99. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, Azura. she always reminds me of Mistra, Azura. Azura, for whatever reason, like, used to always kind of be, like, my favorite of the Daedric princes, because, I don't know, because she's the most common, I guess. Like, yeah. she's mo- not com- most common. Well, she's like, like a, she has a pivotal role in Morrowind, and in... In all of them. In you all can of get them, Azura she's Star in all of the games. Arguably, like, the most powerful item you can get, I think, <laughs> out of all of the games. not one of the most useful. Yeah. Um, that, and if you're comparing her to, like, the moral standards of human beings, like, she might also be considered kind of good. Yeah. She she definitely has a streak of, of kindness and fairness compared to the other gods, which... Seem to mostly... It's weird, because she's dawn and dusk, which I don't really know what that has to do with being a kind person, but she generally seems to be more just than the other Daedric gods. I don't know which one... I don't one. really think it has anything to do with being a kind person. I just think she probably is. She just is? That's yeah. kind of like her her thing. I mean, she... Yeah. Uh, dawn and dusk, twilight, night sky, or yeah, mm-hmm. I think she's called... Yeah, queen of the night sky is one of her nicknames. Yeah, I think she just actually kind of cares about her followers. Yeah. Which is probably why Azura's Star is an item that you can get in each of the games. Yeah. <clears throat> um, she's also the anticipation of Sothis Sil. That's true. I did not know that, actually. And Boethia is the anticipation of Almalexia. Who's the anticipation of Vivek? I cannot remember, but I know they talk about it. We'll find out here shortly. Yeah. Um, <sighs> oh, it I... was Azura who told 
Nerevar, uh-huh. that Dagoth Ur's knowledge of the heart of Lorcan was accurate. Oh, yeah, it was, huh? Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. Did did um, the King of the Dwarves ever really know about it? I don't know if that's ever really talked about in the game. Because they kind of leave it up like... Because he denies it even existing. The Akulakan. Or whatever they call it. Or the... what The Numidium is what they call it. Yeah. Akulakan is... Uh, Dagoth Ur's name for it. Um, well... Because, like, that would mean yeah. he was just fucked in general. He was just stuck it, in the middle of this bullshit that Kagranat created. <laughs> <laughs> well, it caused a war yeah. with the Dwemer, and their king uh, denied yeah its denied existence. Because Nerevar came, and he's like, dude, my I spoke to my god, and she said that you ha- you're trying to create a god in your image with the heart of Lord, one of the, of, yeah. uh, what's his name again? Isn't his name Lorkin? Lorkin, yeah. Heart <laughs> <Hard> of <laughs> Lorkin was the one who actually created. He created nerves. Yeah, and he created people too. He tricked all of the gods. Well, they view it as being tricked, but he was. I think he was trying to show them that they're more powerful this way. Well, he was the trickster god, wasn't he? Was like, he? Well, that's what they call him. But he was the trickster. But he had good intentions. No, he was. I'm not saying he was, like, a fuck-all piece of shit. He yeah. was just... He was into playing games, I guess. Yeah. And, and kind of manipulating people to do... And he had this idea. Yeah, and you're right. I think he, he tied essentially the would be more powerful. He tied the with, Daedric God's power to basically substance. Before that, they were, like, almost immaterial. They, they just were, existed. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, he's like, if you each give me a piece of your essence, we can create this substance and we'll have more being or something. And they thought it sounded great, so they did it. And then they realized that they couldn't fucking leave. <laughs> 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 and that they were just there. And that they could also, and I swear they talk about this, that they are now, they're not gods, they're mortal. And that being tied to the world gives them the ability to die. I swear to God, that's that's what part of the reason why they were so upset is because of that. Because Lorcan's dead. Well, sort of. His body parts are kind of, like, thrown all over the place. Yeah. Because they tore him to pieces. <laughs> After they realized what happened, they, like, went up to him and were like, Hey, bro, we're going to kind of, like, disembowel you. They possess <laughs> an incomprehensible concept of mortality. So, yeah, I would... Yeah, I guess... They're they're technically mortals now, because they perceive the they perceive time, albeit differently, but they perceive it nonetheless. They're just super powerful yeah. beings yeah. that are extremely difficult to kill because they are all as part of their substance, but they're also not substance. Yeah. So oh it's like God, it's... they're fucking weird <laughs> creatures. <laughs> I'm doing a huge disservice to, like, the lore master of Bethesda's name, but that man must be a fucking genius or something. I know. <laughs> well, I think it's several people. It's, it's yeah. got to be more than there one There is guys. literally it- a person at Bethesda, I think, with the title lore master. Oh, my God. Best job ever. <laughs> what do uh, you do for a living, sir? Well, I'm lore master of Bethesda. I would hate to put our podcast out of business. <laughs> But there is a great podcast out there, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of it. And for the life of me, I cannot remember the host's name, the producer's name, but it is called Elder Lore. Oh yeah, it is called That's the Elder amazing. Lore if, Podcast. If you guys ever want to go in on super in depth lore conversations, he has like four seasons. That's the place to go. <laughs> he will fucking blow your mind. Yeah. <laughs> if you want a fucking crazy ass episode about Kim. Right? Is that yeah. how we decided it was pronounced? I think that's what... I mean, I think... I think Kime is, is better sounding, but... Or, I think or it's Kim. Kim, though. If you want an in-depth conversation on Kim... Yeah. Fucking look up... I think it's called, like, Metaphysics in Elder Scrolls. Or, like, something like that. Yeah. And it will fucking blow your it's goddamn awesome. mind. <laughs> this shows how much time and effort they put into the... 
the lore aspect and the just the story of the game, which is part of the reason why I can keep going back and replaying uh, it. Because why we have a podcast about it? Yeah, it's like literally an indispensable well. And actually, we were talking about this earlier because like we both have played a lot of uh, Baldur's Gate, you know, like the yeah all the like, like forgotten D&D realms games, and shit, forgotten like. realm stuff. And something we were discussing is how the uh, gods in those games are kind of like they'll describe to you pretty. They'll have a nice paragraph on it. It's well written. They're yes. like, this is what the god is. This is what they do. And then that's it. That's all you yeah. hear about them is uh, that. <laughs> someone someone described it, and I swear, I, I'm paraphrasing, but I swear this is what they said. They described it as like, well, this is the god that you keep happy to keep your your uh, bottomless sack filled with goats in case yeah. you need a goat. <laughs> it's like... If you, as long as you keep this god happy, no matter how many times you reach into your bottomless goat sack, you'll always find it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> they, they basically just describe, like, they're basically just, like, salesmen or, like, traders in the game. Like Yeah, and that's because they don't, they don't flesh them out. They don't really give them a backstory. And maybe they're, they have backstories, like, in the books. Like, I don't know about Forgotten Realm books. I haven't really... Uh, read much of the Forgotten Realms. Me neither. People like swear by them, but I mean they're probably good. There was like uh, R. A. Salvatore. Or I've heard. Yeah, like he created that like weird uh, drow Drizzt. Yeah, and, Drizzt. Like, yeah. And uh, like he's what made Elminster so famous. Like the reason why Elminster is in Baldur's Gate One is because of the Salvador guy. Like he popularized those characters yeah. and fucking great job because I love Elminster. Apparently they're <laughs> apparently those books are all really great, but I have not read any. They're um I'd be willing I haven't read them either, but I'd be willing to bank they're good if enough people are swearing by those. That's so. pretty much what I hear. It's <laughs> like, what books do you read? And it's like Ari Salvatore, you know, Forgotten Realms stuff, and I'm like Wow. Well I love the I've read a <laughs> I've read a bit of them and I love the it's like old speak. It's like ye old tavern and like they yeah, say ye yeah. and stuff. <laughs> I, I like that, it's nice. Um but what we were saying is uh, the gods just aren't as fleshed out as they are in in uh, Morrowind or the the Elder Scrolls universe. And it's kind of just, it's kind of weird that they're not as fleshed out, at least in the game, that there isn't as much um, writing as there was in, in Morrowind. Like writing has way more, or Morrowind has way more writing than uh, I think the Baldur's Gate saga, personally. <laughs> yeah, I would probably feel safe agreeing with that. Yeah. Should we go on to the next one, or do you have sure. anything else to add? No, let's, let's go. <laughs> uh, Boethia, like you just mentioned. Yeah. The prince, how do you pronounce, is that how you pronounce it? Boethia? How do you say it? Boethia? Boethia? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll have to call the lore master and find out. Yeah. <laughs> Boethia, the prince of plots, rules over deceit, conspiracy, secret plots of murder, assassination, treason, and unlawful overthrow of authority. Which, by the way, is the anticipation of Almalexia. Yes. And is one of the major gods, like, a part of the tribunal. Like, she was one of the gods that, like... Before the tribunal, I think it was uh, during his time, Nerevar, they worshipped her heavily. And um, they possibly killed Nerevar, which I think they actually did personally kill Nerevar or agree to it um, for the greater good. That's my personal belief, though. They never actually, they never actually tell you whether or not it was an assassination. Which is part of the genius of the story. <laughs> they just kind of leave it up to you to, to decide. Yeah. I personally think they did because... <clears throat> Amalexia loses her fucking mind. And she's a super caring and giving person. Her, her character is supposed to be the loving, giving mother of the tribunal. Yeah. And then she literally goes nuts. So I think... Because she did betray uh, Nerevar against Azora's whims, she went fucking crazy because of the cognitive dissonance. And oh she was losing her god, divinity. Oh my god, dude, that's insane. And Sothasil, who felt really bad too, lost himself in his devices and instruments to try and forget about what he did. Because Amalexia was Nerevar's fucking husband. Or, I mean, wife. Yeah. So, like, 
clearly she would have some conflicting viewpoints and over fucking 3,000 years yeah. and losing your divinity, you're going to start to go bonkers. Yeah. Bavek is the only one that showed some semblance of regret and sadness. And he, I think because of that, he forgave himself. He was able to be like, I shouldn't have done this. And I think you can see that in the fact that he's half um, Keimer and he's half Dunmer. Because, yeah. like, when Azor was like, you fuckers, you betrayed your king, I'm going to curse all of all of the Dunmer so they can, or the Chimer, so they can appear how they really are. Their skin will be dark and their eyes will be red, just like their hearts and souls. Yeah. So, he, even at the time, I feel like he knew what he did was wrong, but he did it for the greater good, so he took half that curse unto himself to remind himself of what he did. And yeah. that it wasn't the right thing that he should have done, but he did it for the greater good, and it, what's done is done. He can't fucking do anything. That's my whole theory on that That's shit. That's fucking <laughs> legit as fuck, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> That's what I think. I seriously think they did. They betrayed their, their king, but they had good intentions. Yeah. That's why they did so many good things. Yeah. As their rule. But in the end, as time wore on, they weren't gods. Their mistakes caught up to them. Dagathur, who they ended up killing, who was actually just trying to follow Nerevar's rules, and when he, they came back and he wasn't there, he's like, where the fuck is our king? Yeah. Did you fucking kill him? And he didn't believe him. Because he's, he's known them his whole life. Yeah. And he probably knew at some point that they were going to try this. I, I personally think Dagathur was like a super outstanding good person. <laughs> and he got fucked over and was in the wrong place at the right time, and just... He got wrecked. I think he tried to use the heart to empower himself before he fought the tribunal because he knew they were going to kill the king. And he fucked up and it caused him his life because he died, but he was stuck. Like his soul was almost stuck to the heart. And so years later, he comes back and he's like, I'm going to get my revenge, blah, blah. But he doesn't even remember what he was doing it for. That's part of the reason why he's like... That's deep, dude. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I've read that shit so much. I fucking love the story in this. I swear, if they, if they turned it into a miniseries like Game of Thrones and got the right actors and did it right... They'll never be able to do it right. It would Don't be a, wish this. It would be amazing. <laughs> oh, they just have to hire me. I do it. <laughs> they could. Like, if they did the whole story, like, with Nerevar and, and Vivek and all that shit. That's who would like, have to follow. It wouldn't have to be... It'd literally have to be just, like, in the past. Yeah. So you'd start with Nerevar, he'd be king, and you'd meet Amalexia, Sothasil, and Vivek, and they would all just be people, his counselors. Fuck, that could be a good <laughs> It would be so amazing. <laughs> and you just get to see them at, in their early years, like when they're they're like 25 and such, they're not old people. They're just, they're kids, essentially. We'll write the screenplay, we'll pitch it to Bethesda to try and sell the rights, and, uh... And then we'll call that one short guy that's in Game of Thrones that everyone loves. Yeah. Peter and, Dinklage. And we'll just put him in it. Obviously. <laughs> Who will he be? Oh, he'll be the king of the dwarves, because he's short. <laughs> Genius! Alright, so we veered off like crazy on that. What's I was going to say real quick, though. Uh, <laughs> we forgot to mention that uh, Azura's plane of existence is Moon Shadow, created and ruled over by Azura. Uh, the realm is so beautiful that visiting mortals are half-blinded. It contains flowers, waterfalls, majestic trees, and a city of silver. The wind smells of perfume, and the realm is known to have rain. Azura that last is part is palace. interesting. <laughs> It's known to rain. <laughs> well, does it snow or what the f <laughs> uh, Shut up. Um, so, yeah, Boethiel. I spelled that wrong. Okay, uh... Keep talking about Boethiel. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm, like, zoning out thinking of stuff. <laughs> um, Boethia, you said she's, like, the mistress of assassination? Yeah, she is, yeah, the... Okay, uh, the, the goddess. Prince of plots. Prince of plots, yeah. So Super. that's where I went with that, like... 
with the tribunal, they plotted with Boethia. Yeah, yeah. And that's why all Alexia is considered the anticipation of Boethia, because she fucking plotted against her goddamn husband. Blah, blah. So on and so forth. Um, I think Boethia, personally, is one of the coolest Daedric uh, princes out there, just because of... She's the goddess of assassins. If you make an assassin character, Boethia is your... She's your god. Well, like that's the way Mephala, it is. Well, Ma- yeah. No, Mafala's like dark desire, isn't she? And like hidden secrets. The prince. Of, I mean, no, murder. that hidden murder. Mafala is... is like. So it'd be if you were an assassin, it'd be Boethia and Mafala. Yeah. Well, it says yeah, secret plots of murder, and assassination, whereas Mafala is, huh. Her sphere is obscured to mortals. Mafala, but she's the she helped found the Morag Tong. Okay, so she definitely has to do with assassination regarding honor, at least. Yeah. Hmm. Whereas the Dark Brotherhood is kind of like they're more cult-like and mysterious with the way they pick their assassinations. Although, with the Morag Tongue, you can kind of just be like, I'm going to go kill this motherfucker, and then the guards come up to you, and you're like, I have this writ saying I can just murder him. They're like, oh, totally legal. Yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. The Morag Tongue quests are great. Also, the way you find the Morag Tongue is amazing. Because it's just, it's not... Like, in all of the... After Morrowind, in Oblivion, it's like, oh, you want to start these quests? Like, quest marker? Fucking go this way? Bam! You're experiencing the story, and Marwin, it's like, oh, you want to find the Morag Tongue? Good luck. You should ask people about rumors. That's it. That's Agreed. all they have. Agreed. And it's amazing. You ask them about rumors, and then they're like, yeah, have you heard about Solstheim? <laughs> uh, oh, my God. That's why you need to get the uh, Illy's, I-L-L-Y, Solstheim rumor fix, which makes it so... Solstheim won't be spoken of Bye, at everyone. all unless you get to like level, I think it's like 30 or something. And then they talk about and then it. Then you go over there and just fucking rape that Wreck quest in the face. The shit out of everything. <laughs> werewolves, you're like, you know, I was going to pick the werewolf side of this quest because uh, I didn't want to die, but you know what? I'll just fuck these werewolf bitches straight in the mouth. I'll just levitate in the air and shoot them with my 100 level bow skill. <laughs> so, um,. Sorry, Lee is, like, pulling the weight on this podcast while I'm, like, going through our notes. (laughs) But uh, apparently the realm of Boethia is called the realm of Boethia. (laughs) Do you know if that's accurate? Uh, uh, You're on the main Wikipedia and it's just called... Hi, I'm from... I'm Lee. Daedric God Lee. Welcome to the realm of Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. And it said, I mean, it's a realm of oblivion created by Boethia. Uh, this realm consists of sky, uh, stormy skies, volcanic islands, lava seas, similar to the Deadlands. Uh, it's been described as a country of labyrinthine policies and betrayals with maze gardens and twisted towers. It is sometimes referred to as Attribution's Share or Snake Mount. I think that's probably more accurate. Snake Mount? Yeah, Attribution's Share or Snake Mount. I think Snake Mount sounds better for her realm. Apparently, Boethia's item is called Gold Brand. It's a katana. Ooh, that is a powerful item. Yeah. I think you'd only get it in Oblivion, right? No, you can get it in Morrowind, too. And you can upgrade it to Elton Brand. Bam. Wow. (laughs) Which is a long-ass quest line having to do with vampires. And you need to be a vampire. cool. I yeah. don't think I've ever done that. You can upgrade it, but the gold brand it's super amazing just by itself, but if you upgrade it, it's I think it's like the most OP uh, one-handed blade in the game. It just fucking wrecks. There's wow. a lot of fire damage and a lot of physical. <laughs> Besides Nerevar's blade. Oh yeah, you can claim it in Morrowind. Oh, and apparently in Skyrim you can get it too. Yeah. There there was a mod added. Oh no. It's and a mod in Skyrim. Skyrim. It gives you the Ebony Mail. What? Yep. The quest of Boethia gives you Ebony Mail. The Ebony Mail in Morrowind is fucking amazing. Legit. I'd say it's like 
one of the best pieces. And to all those people that are like, medium armor's not that good, why even go medium armor? Ebony Mail is medium armor, and it adds, I think it's either 50 or 60 shield points. <laughs> Jesus. So it's it's really powerful. And you get the cool visual effect of the little bubble. Which is always nice. Unless you don't like to see the sparkles fly in front of your face, which I like. I don't mind that. Agreed. <laughs> well, what do you think? <laughs> Moving on from Boethia, the original god ancestor of the Dunmer, apparently. Yeah. More reason why they definitely betrayed their king. Just saying. Fuckers. Exactly. Next one, Clavicus Vile. Oh! Daedric prince whose fear is granting of power and wishes through ritual invocations and pact. Clavicus Vile has a companion named Barbas. Isn't it Barbarous? Is it... It's just Barbass? Yeah, my notes here say Barbass. A dog. Uh, I don't know. Found along the road outside Falkreath. In Skyrim, I swear it was Barbarous. When you see him. But that... Uh, I wouldn't take my word on that one. That could be a typo, though, in that. Type. Go to Google and type in whatever the fuck his name is. What's his name again? Clavicus Vile Barbarous. I'm probably wrong. It auto-finishes and says Barbus. Okay, I'm wrong. It's Barbus. Everyone, his familiar's name is Barbus. Clavicus Vile. How come I've played so much Skyrim and I've never gotten Barbus? Really? Yeah. He's just like a dog standing in this place, and if you talk to him... Yeah. Um... He, uh... He talks to you, the dog, which was really weird for me when I first did it because I was kind of drunk and I was just running around in the game. Like, I was drunk in real life and I was <laughs> yeah. running around in the game. I think I was on, like, I had finished a six pack. I was pretty waste. And all of a sudden, this dog starts talking to me and I'm going, okay, did I drink too much? Is this actually happening? And then he leads you on this fun quest line. Although, no, that that was a really great questline, the one with Clavicus, because the talking dog and the choices you get to make. Oh, Skyrim was fun. I wish it just had more strategy. Strategy like Baldur's Gate or Pillars of Eternity. Did you just say Skyrim is fun, but you wish it had more strategy? Yeah. Skyrim was great, but you just played it because it's an Elder Scrolls yeah, game. Yeah, but it was... Yeah. It's got lore and it's got stuff, but... But that's just something I wish. Doesn't mean that true makes any sense or anything. <laughs> Barbus apparently is quoted as saying, Skyrim is now host to giant flying lizards and two legged catmen, and you're surprised by me? Yes, I just talked, and I'm yes, continuing to do so. so. <laughs> <laughs> but um Clavicus Vile um in Marwin gives you a mask that increases your um, personality. And I think speechcraft skill. Yeah, and, and actually, it's heavy armor. And you get that cool. in the Shiagorad region of Morrowind uh -huh. <laughs> uh, from a mad wizard in his tower, his Dwemer tower. Yeah, that guy was cool. He was easy though. I destroyed him. Yeah, I fucking raped his face. With don't my you think? Combat. Don't you think Morrowind should have had the same gibbing that was in Half Life One? Like, when you get a critical, the corpse just blows up and little parts go everywhere. <laughs> that would have been amazing. It would have. It would have been utterly amazing. <laughs> <clears throat> I remember my first time playing through Fallout 1, I had the bloody mess trait. <laughs> and I remember when I tried to I've never to play gotten that in Fallout 1 or 2. I always use it. Even I think it's even one you can get in 3. Yeah, 5% extra damage. I always get Bloody Mess because I just like, all the other traits just seem like so dumb to me or whatever. Uh -huh. So I'm like, Bloody Mess, at least is entertaining. And one time I started a character and played through without the Bloody Mess trait, and I was like, why aren't these people exploding? 
Ugh. Yes. Fallout 2 has, like... Fallout 1 and 2 have the best dialogue choices out of any RPG I've ever played, though. Even Pillars of Eternity doesn't uh, match up to that, in my opinion. Uh, not even Morrowind. In, in Fallout 1 and 2, you could just play, like, the most weird characters, and the game would find a place for you. Yeah. Like, you could could have, like, a really low-intelligence character, and everything you said would be really dumb, and everyone would remark on it. They would just be like... You're an idiot. You're fucking retarded, dude. (laughs) (laughs) But it didn't matter, because you had, like, you know, ten strengths, so you'd just punch people, and they would explode. Yeah, I did a character like that once. It was all melee, but he was, like, the dumbest fuck that ever, like, watched the planet. It's so great, the things people say. Oh, my God. Yeah, that that game rewarded every style of play. So fun. So good. <sighs> anyway, have we said enough about Clavicus Vile, who apparently the book Manifesto Cyrodiil Vampirum states that Molag Ball and Clavicus Vile are the patrons of Cyrodiil's clan of vampires? Really? I guess. Holy shit. How about Hermaeus Mora? What do you know about Hermaeus Mora? He is the god of, like, intellect and knowledge and things that are known and unknown. I'm pretty sure. He sa- It says here, His sphere is the scrying of the tides of fate, of the past and future as read in the stars and heavens, and in his dominion are the treasures of knowledge and memory. His realm is known as Apocrypha, an endless library where all forbidden knowledge may be found. So it's like the Temple of the Wind. I was pretty close. Yeah. Temple of the Wind. Here, you should... You're real fuckly. I, I didn't mean to... Pour it in. <laughs> Fill me up, big boy. That's Hold okay. on, do you want some of the... I poured too much into my No, glass. no, no. Are you sure? Okay. You're well, I guess you've yourself. been drinking wine. <laughs> so, Apocrypha is just like what is, what is the Temple that? of the Winds. What does Apocrypha mean? I don't even know, like... Isn't that a word about books? I think. I've heard the word before, but I'm like... <laughs> Oh, I understand from context, but then I really don't. So what? Just give me the literal definition of it. Um, here on Google it says the biblical apocrypha denotes the collection of ancient books found in some editions of the Bible in a separate section between the Old and New Testaments, or as an appendix after the New Testament. Okay, so old books. Is what apocrypha means. Yeah. Right. Okay. When I took a uh, when I took an ancient religions class, they talked about apocrypha a lot, and it was basically like, yeah, ancient texts. Okay. Ancient texts. Sweet. Lord. Uh, yeah, apocrypha, ruled rule over by Hermaeus Mora, Daedric Prince of Knowledge and Fate, an endless library consisting. Of untitled books with black covers where all forbidden knowledge can be found. The realm is haunted by the ghosts of mortals forever searching for knowledge. Stacks of books form mazes, spiraling pillars that can reach as high as the illuminating green sky. Intricate ruins and monstrous carvings can be found among the stacks. And the plain is covered in a sea of acidic, murky waters and rolling tentacles. While Hermaeus Mora is uh, omnipresent overall, some areas of the realm are consumed by darkness, which can kill any who enter it. Discarded pages and floating tomes fill the air. Is Hermaeus Mora... He's kind of a dick. Is he in Skyrim? Yeah. He's and the he's one when you do, like, the vampire... He's the one, like, when you do the vampire lord quests? He might be in that. All I know is that he has to do with the giant Dwemer cube. From Skyrim. There's a guy trying to unlock it who's read in Elder Scrolls. And he's so in he the ice, in like, riddles. far north. He's in the ice far north. Yeah, that's Hermaeus Mora. Yeah. Okay. And it ends up being his grimoire is trapped in the cube. So that means at some point the Dwemer went, had some altercation with Hermaeus Mora, and stole his grimoire, which is a huge feat. That sounds so bad. <laughs> it's a fucking Daedric God spell book. You know, to me... And I've they always... put it in a giant cube that he's just now finding thousands of years after he fucking fell. <laughs> Dude, the Dwemer were so powerful, Jesus. I know, <laughs> fuck. They're like, oh, we're gonna build a god, we stole fucking Hermes Moro's spell book. <laughs> I've always said to people, it's like, if you want to beat a wizard, 
You don't have to kill him, you just need to steal his grimoire. And he's fucked. <laughs> yeah. uh, Pillars of Eternity has grimoires. Your wizard holds a book like this. And he's got a wand. You're a wizard, Harry! I've, uh... Yeah. In Harry, in the Harry Dresden books... Uh, I was talking about Harry Potter. Yeah, well, in Harry Dresden. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the Dresden Files... Um, there, uh, yeah, he, it's believed that he'll probably inherit the original Merlin's grimoire. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. The original Merlin apparently cast a spell so powerful, the way he did it was by being in seven different places in time at once. Well. He was an OP. Yeah, he was fucking level 99, dude. <laughs> he was like the original gangster, dude. <laughs> Yeah, he cast this, like, prison spell on this island to, like, imprison all these, like, bad guys. And the way he made it so powerful was by, of course, being at this place, but casting it from seven different points in time. Wow. That's amazing. And one of the wizards... I guess he is, like, the first wizard, technically. Yeah. And one uh, one uh, one of the rules of being a wizard, though, is, like... Don't fucking fuck with time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And he's like, I'm just going to cast this spell from seven different points in time. Like, don't worry about it. It'll work out. <laughs> and it does. It's the most unbreakable spell of all time. Wow. He's amazing. It is pretty amazing. Time for me to go home and make Merlin in Baldur's Gate. And then when Dresden becomes the warden of that <laughs> prison, he gains th- this ability where he is like omnipotent. On that, like, hunk of land. Oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he, like, he knows, like, everything about, like, what's going on. Like, he can, t- he, he knows exactly, like, how many ants are in the ground. Like, just instinctually. Oh my god. That'd be amazing, but also terrifying. There's a scene where Dresden, spoiler alert, he's mortally wounded, and he thought, he made this, like, weird, crazy double deal with an ancient, terrible, evil person. And he thought, okay, this will be the way I get power to do what I need to do, but afterwards, I'll just, like, kill myself. And so he's mortally wounded, and when he wakes up after this, like, crazy fucking thing, he realizes that the spirit of the island that he's warden of is keeping him uh, is keeping him alive. Uh, so he just didn't <laughs> die? Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. Pretty so incredible. It- in the Dresden files, like Merlin's real. Yeah, he was the oh, founder. That's awesome. He was the that founder. That is awesome. <laughs> he was the founder of the White Council of Wizards, and the name Merlin is held by the head of the White Council at all times. But the original Merlin, like the Merlin Merlin, was the like the original like badass. And then he founded the Council of Wizards, and every leader since him has been called the Merlin, but they have their own name. That's epic. Yeah. His name became a title. That's how amazing he was. <laughs> and what's, what's crazy, though, is Dresden's grandfather is so powerful that he inherited the original Merlin's grimoire and journals. Not even, like, the other Merlins have these books, but Dresden's grandfather has it. So they kind of allude that someday, like, Dresden's going to get those books and just, like, become a triple OG motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's, That would be so awesome. Is he still writing those? Yeah, dude, there's like, uh, let's see, there's gonna be eight more books. Oh my fucking god, I need to read these. Why I seriously you? haven't They're read a incredible. single one. <laughs> I also haven't seen Interstellar yet. Moving on. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, for all the viewers here, Rhett hates me because I downloaded Interstellar and I still haven't seen it. It's just on my computer. And Rhett almost spilled his beer all over his laptop. <laughs> but I'm too good. Apparently. Whatever. That was just like a really lucky critical miss. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on from... Right? You want to move on from Hermes Mora? The yeah. weird crab-shaped god? Yep. He has a shrine in Oblivion. Apparently you can go to um, Hersine, one Hersine? of my favorite of the Daedric princes. Isn't he the, he's the god of the hunt. He is, whose sphere is the hunt, 
the sport of Daedron, the Speaking great of game hunting, and the chase. He is need, known as the huntsman and the father of man-beasts. I need to go hunt your toilet, because I have to go to the bathroom. Sounds well. Uh, I will talk about her sign because he is one of my favorites, uh, mostly because anybody who's played Morrowind and has gone through the Blood Moon expansion will kind of know how cool he is. I mean, there's almost nothing cooler in a game that's as old as Morrowind as when you're getting dreams, visions sent to you by her sign, uh, that are basically telling you to, like, go fucking hunt these bitches down, and you go in these caves and you... Oh, God, man, nothing makes you feel cooler than in those parts in the Blood Moon expansion. Uh, her sign created lycanthropy, which turns mortals into were-creatures. Um, her sign is also kind of has this like weird honor complex, right? Like, he enjoys giving his his game, his prey, a chance for victory, however small it might be. Um, he uh, is always uh, depicted as like having a uh, deer head with antlers. Being in the Yeah, she likes it in there. And so, by were creatures, you mean he invented invisibility? I said, where are they? <laughs> Best joke ever. Pretty much, dude. When you're a werewolf, you can, like, stealth and stand, like, on someone's face, and they're like, huh, what's happening around here? Like, Goddamn right. <laughs> uh, I fucking love it. Being a werewolf in Morrowind with the Morrowind code patch that adds a strength modifier to your hand-to-hand is really fucked up. And also fighting werewolves with that hand-to-hand modifier is also really fucked up because even with like 200 hit points, you get killed in about two to three hits. Yeah. So just float into the air with a levitate spell and, and shoot arrows at shoot them. And shoot those motherfuckers because <laughs> they're ridiculous as all fuck. But it makes it way better because when you just like encounter these fucks like in the middle of the wilderness... It's like, so fucking terrifying. You're yeah. just like, oh my god... <laughs> Um, I think that was probably, like, my favorite aspect of Morrowind when I was first playing. It was, like, just the whole Blood Moon expansion. Like, just everything up there Blood spoke Moon to my sensibility. was so amazing. Yeah. It, I just loved, like, the, the uh, I think it's, is it Ruddy Man story or, what is that? It's like you go and there's, like, a guy that's, like, or the Greedy Man. Yes, yes, yeah. the greedy man. I loved all that, like, the ritual stuff and, like, the little tombs you go into with yeah. the, uh, the Draugr. Yeah, that you first meet, and they they have them in Skyrim. Yeah, and most of them are actually most of the tombs you go into are, are Draugr. But in uh, Morrowind, the Draugr are also on Soul's time. Yep, and it's awesome. Fucking love that. And expansion. you can get like really powerful shit made out of like the ice of their tombs. Yeah, you can get uh, <clears throat> it's like medium armor. Is it's it? ice armor. What is it called though? There's like a name I can't um, remember. It's like, it starts with an S. Yeah, it does. And I always want to say Solstein, but it's not. No, it's like Stal, Stalkreath or... Stalrim. Stalrim. Yeah. Stalrim uh, armor. It's like ice that's, it's almost like a metal. Yeah. Or something. Fucking awesome you can like shit. You can like move it around. You can mold it like metal. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Her sign, like I was saying though, he's just, uh, he's just one of my favorites because he's involved, like, two of my favorite quests... In Blood Moon, obviously, like, when you fight him, and he's like, I'm a huntsman, so, like, go ahead and pick which aspect of me you want to fight, and, like, so you pick strength, agility, or... Yeah. Uh, or strength, speed, or guile, yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh... And then you have to, it's uh... that big chamber. Yes! He's standing on the... you pick strength, he turns into a bear. Yeah. Guile, I think, is a wolf. Uh-huh. Speed is... I don't know, probably a cliff racer. <laughs> just kidding, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's like a thousand of them. It just <laughs> That'd be a hilarious, like... And then uh, St. Jeb comes in riding his wave of cliff racers, just like, 
I always forget that St. Jim rode a cliff racer to exterminate cliff racers. Like, he made it into a mount. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, and he fucking rode we one talked around. About, we talked about, like, in an episode, I listened to it not that long ago, we talked about GM, and he's, like, rides on a wave of just, like, <laughs> cliff racers, like, and he stands on top of them. <laughs> Her side makes the simple mistake of turning into a bunch of cliff racers. And then Jim's just, like, flies in. The doors burst open. And he's like, wake up. <laughs> You've been dreaming. <laughs> what the and he just fucking destroys her sign. Wake up, you've been dreaming. He not only destroys that simple aspect of her sign, but fucking just obliterates her sign. <laughs> like he doesn't exist anymore. He actually kills her sign. <laughs> because he, he made the simple mistake of taking up the aspect of the cliff racer. Oh the my one God. being in which Jeeb had power over. <laughs> Saint Jeeb. <laughs> He well, I can't remember what his name is. Type in St. Job and find, like, his, uh... He has, like, a title. It's, like, Destroyer or Bane of Cliff Racers or... It's something really... It's silly sounding. No. Cat, why do you have to hit everything that tries to pet you? Ah, oh, God! This is, there's no way. I gotta read the whole Ow. thing, though. Ow! You are such a fucking cat. Oh my fucking god. It says here, I can't read the whole thing, so I don't want to read it, but it's so funny. What does it say? Why can't you read the whole thing? I, because the page won't open! What is wrong with my computer? Go faster, internet! Okay, here it is. Where is it? Yeah. <sighs> St. Jib, the eradicator of the winged menace. <laughs> the eradicator of the winged menace. <laughs> oh, St. Jib. So great. Anyways. Her sign. Oh, and his uh, quest in Oblivion, you hunt for a unicorn's horn. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You hunt that unicorn. Yeah. Oh, when you kill awesome. it, it goes into the silly ragdoll that they have in Oblivion. Ragdoll was awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. We're not even close to being halfway done. Wait, how much time has it? How much time has passed? Probably close to 50 minutes. We can record another episode if you want. We could. I have to go at 12, though. Nile was saying, uh... Okay. 12. She has the car right now, so she's master of the universe, apparently. Jigalag. Jigalag. That's what I'm talking about, not Higalak. Oh, yeah, we were talking about Shea <laughs> I think Higalak is actually, like, a real person in history. I think he is. I don't know. But Jigalag, yeah, he is the Prince of Order. Um, yeah, and he Who is, is also... What's his name again? Sheogorath. Sheogorath. Shivering Isles reveals that Jigalag is in fact Sheogorath himself. <laughs> <laughs> Jigalag had grown in power and influence, and the other David princes had grown fearful of him. They cursed him to live as Sheogorath, the incarnation of the thing he hated most, madness. However, the other Daedric princes wanted to make sure that Jigalag suffered more, so he is allowed to return to his true form at the end of every era in order to retake his lands from his mad self. And every an era... Known as Grey March. And every era is designated by an extremely extraordinary event. Yeah. Which is weird, because it means that it's not always... That means a new era could happen 20 years from the other era. Yeah. If something fucking insane happens, which means Sheogorath is going to have a fucking... Jigalak attack. He's just gonna start I better attack myself. It's like an autoimmune disorder, except with his mental faculties. Jigalak. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's... Yeah, you're right. That's fucking crazy. Moving on? <laughs> or what? Want to talk about Malakath? Daedric Prince, whose sphere is the patronage of the spurned and ostracized. Keeper of the Sworn Oath and the Bloody Curse. God of the Black Sheep. Yep, he was created when Boethia ate 
Adra Trinamac. Yes, that's how Trinamac. That's also a big part in uh, the uh, Morrowind. They talk about Trinamac a lot. They do, yeah. Uh, I think because yeah, there's the orc come from Trinamac. Yeah, it causes the Orsamer to be created as they were Trinamac's devout followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Boethia ate Trinamac, created the orcs. Um, yeah, and that's how Malakath was created. Malakath is not recognized as a Daedric prince by his peers, which fits his sphere perfectly, obviously. Mm-hmm. Prince, prince of Outcasts. He is worshipped by orcs, considered to be the, one of the few gods, and is considered to be one of the few good Daedra. I'm pretty sure Trinimac was right up there with, uh, with Lorcan. Because for a while, like, the Aldmeri... Yeah, Aldmeri was an Idra, I thought, wasn't he? He was. He was one of the most powerful until all of them were like, fuck you, bro, for making the material world. And then they they essentially drawn... He was, like, drawn and quartered. Because they, like... They couldn't kill him, so they had to, like, separate his body parts so he couldn't function. Yeah. So he's technically not dead. He just, like is a part of Nerd. He's just not around anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, he's just, like, not able to influence anything. Yeah. Well, unless you're at the Tribunal, then you'll just use his heart as, like, a part to, uh, but, you know, betray your god or your king and be a fuckhead. Tribunal. Got what you deserved. Except Marwind, which exploded. And I feel bad for all those people. Oh, we didn't talk about her signs. Um... <sighs> I don't know what her signs one is. What? The hunting grounds. There we go. Yeah, the hunting grounds. It's where, like, endless hunts happen. It's an epic place, actually. It's kind of like Valhalla. Because I know when he talks about it, he's like, my hunters feast and drink and, like, except you're, like, an animal. But I imagine it's like Valhalla, but for animals. It would be awesome to be in that place and be a hunter. Wouldn't it? (laughs) Uh, Malakath's artifact is a Dwemer Warhammer known as Valandrun. Valandrun. That weapon fucking owns. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Malakath is, uh, known as one of the four pillars of the House of Troubles. Interesting, because it said that he was considered a good Daedra, but he's one of the four pillars of the House of Troubles. Interesting. Um, well, as far as the House of Troubles, that's Tribunal. And their version of Troubles is a little skewed because they're not actually Daedra. They're not gods. That's true. The Ash Pit is Malakath's realm and is known as one of the hardest realms for mortals to to reach of the ones that are accessible at all. The Ash Pit is described as consisting only of dust, palaces of smoke, and vaporous creatures. What do you think? One more? Two more? We let's can keep going. Next time. Yeah, let's, let's do May two more. Dagon, Lee. <sighs> He's one of my favorite princes. He's the main antagonist in Oblivion. Mayroon's Dagon. The, uh, what do they call themselves? The cult of the uh, New Dawn or something. Yeah, Dawn or yeah New Dawn, I think. New Dawn, I think, is what it's called. Um... He's great. He's he's a four-armed beast that wields swords. I mean, he's fucking... He's the god of destruction and change. Yeah. Like, whenever he comes, things change. That's why after Oblivion, it's a new era. Because he fucking... A Daedric god manifested himself on the physical plane. And the only thing that stopped him was Akatosh. Ironically, the lord... Or the, the father of Alduin... Which is the world eater. Yeah. Which ends worlds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Alduin's legit. Or no, not Alduin. Um, Akatosh. Akatosh is cool. In fact, his firstborn son is just a fuck. Oh my god. You know, we gotta do an episode on the Nine Divines now. Yeah. Holy shit. Fuck. We got a lot of shit to <laughs> yeah. cover. Akatosh is awesome, though. I love, I love Akatosh. A golden dragon that represents honor and goodness. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> For sure, dude. 
Uh, Mayrun's Dagon, responsible for the destruction of Mornhold at the end of the first era. Also destroyed Ald Sotha, home of House Sotha, and Sotha yeah. Sil's birthplace. Um, Mayrun's, dude. He's a beast. He's awesome. Easily one of my favorite favorite princes, Mayrun's Dagon. The name is also awesome. It just flows. Yep. Apparently his name is in reference to Dagon from the works of H.P. Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft. God damn, he's had a lot of influence on Warren. I need to read more of his stuff. Yeah, you should. I mean, Cthulhu. I mean, I know about... I know he made Cthulhu. But it's really cool, like, because there's this whole, like... I don't know, like, the whole idea of, like, an eldritch terror creature... Like, came from H.P. Lovecraft, in a sense. Like, creatures that you couldn't even look at without losing your mind. Because they just didn't follow any sorts of, like, rules that we understood. That game, um... Amnesia, The Dark Descent. Yeah. I literally haven't been able to beat it because it terrifies me so much. It is pretty scary. I am a fucking pussy when it comes to that game. (laughs) I'm serious. Like, I uninstall it. Like, about... A third of the way through, because I'm just like, I can't do it. It gives me heart palpitations, I swear. Like, I play it, and I'm just like, oh my... I let Bailey play that one time, and she, like, ripped the headphones off, and she's like, no! (laughs) (laughs) That's how Nyeli is, too. She cannot fucking handle it. But is that it? We're pretty much out of time, aren't we? Yeah, it's about noon. You gotta get going at noon, so... We can wrap up here at Mayroon's Dagon. I mean, he, he really is... Oh, he's a boss, dude. He's so cool. You're right. It's. I mean, he doesn't even need to be the god of destruction. He's just the god of change. Yeah. Whether it happens through destruction. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He prefers destruction. That's his. his that's his mode of operandus. His it's like is also ambition. Yeah. So. Honestly, like he's one of the coolest gods because he could manifest in many, many different ways. It doesn't have to be through destruction. It could be through subtle change or something just like fucking insane, which is what his realm of oblivion's opening. He was balls to the wall there. He, he got a critical hit, bro. He does really hate everyone, like mortals. Yeah, he hates mortals. He wants them to die all the time, which is why his place kind of looks like hell. You know, when you go there and there's just like, you have the choice to put the bodies into the lava. They're just like, oh, ah, in oblivion. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's because it's hell. Yeah, pretty much. The Badlands or whatever, aren't they called? The Deadlands. Yeah, Deadlands. He, uh, it's interesting because he, since he, uh, since he is so into like, destruction and shit like that, the reason he does it all the time on people is because, well, he can't really do it on other Daedra. So that's yeah. why he does it on people. But if he could, he would do it to Daedra. He would. In, in a heartbeat. heartbeat. Because he, whoa, that whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> we made eye contact and said the same word at the same time. <laughs> uh, Holy shit. But yeah, Mayroon's Dagon. And then Mayroon's Razor. It's a fucking weapon. It's like a dagger. Yeah. I always felt like it should be a longsword. But whatever, he wants a fucking dagger. Okay, Mayroon. Or a two-handed sword so you get cleave damage. You just fucking swing that shit and it fucking blows everyone up. He's also one of the four corners of the House of Troubles in Morrowind. Yeah. You have to go and appease him when you're doing the temple quests. Yep. Otherwise, he kind of... He's a douche. He'll be a douche. Well, guys, we have... uh, Let's see. How much more time do we have left? We could wrap it up right now. Okay. You want? I was just going to count how many. There's so many more. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We got through a little less than half. Okay. The Daedric Princes. Uh, next time, maybe we won't try and take as long because we want to also talk about the Nine Divines and shit. So. Yeah. Um, but we'll pick up at uh, Mafala. We still have to talk about Molag Ball, which is one of my favorite ones. Nocturnal. I really like Nocturnal. And Sanguine also is one of my Sanguine. favorite Sanguine. Yeah, I mean, A Game at Dinner. It's a book exactly. about sanguine. Exactly. 
Uh, yeah, guys, so thanks for checking out this episode. Sorry we got a little sidetracked, didn't finish it, but guess what? We like talking about other shit, too, so. Yeah. Um, you can, uh, I don't know, tweet me, at Red is Awesome. You can uh, email us at awesome at airpodcast.com. You can uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash airpodcast, or you can call us and leave us a voicemail. We might play it if it's cool at 657 and- Triple eight three eight three five, and I will be on the Marwin subreddit as a game at dinner underscore awesome internet radio, which is me Lee, and I'll be talking to you guys, asking questions or saying things. Exactly. So look for us on Reddit. Uh, my Reddit handle is also Red is Awesome. So, anyways, that's been a game at dinner this week. Once again, I'm Rhett. and I'm Lee, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening.